1: Hello and welcome to West Indies on 99.94, Cricket Every Day. My name is Mashal St. Hewitt, one half of the Caribbean Cricket Podcast and with me as ever is Santokin Agulendran, the other half of the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. West Indies on 99.94 is your new home for West Indies cricket content and we will be dropping into your podcast feed on YouTube or on the 99.94 app three times every week. Thanks for joining Cricket's Conversation. Today on West Indies on 99.94, we're going to be reviewing CPL 2022. Santolki, take it away.
2: Yeah, and it was a Friday night at Providence Stadium in Guyana when Brandon King launched a 6 to bring the title back to the Jamaica Talawas. Jamaica Talawas won the 2022 Caribbean Premier League against all odds, I think it's fair to say. Um, not many people predicted them to even get to the playoffs. It was a real underdog story this season, and they sort of prevailed by coming clutch in the last week, winning two playoff games and then the final against Barbados Royals, who were the favourites. Now, before we get into the stats and anal- analysis of the players' match, as a Jamaican, how did it feel to see the Talawas prevail? It must have been a bit more sweeter as well, knowing they had that underdog status throughout the tournament.
1: Listen, I noted that Robin Powell said at the uh, post-match that uh, he felt that the team had been disrespected by, uh, by certain people. <laughs> In my head, I was like, I hope he's not talking about me, you know. <laughs> but, uh, but I'm going to just say that I did. I, I did disrespect the team with chest in some regards, by saying that I didn't think they were a good side and I didn't think that they'd be able to be serious contenders uh, for CPL. But um, I've been made to eat my words, and thankfully so. I mean, I don't know where we rank it, Santelki, in terms of all-time CPL victories, but it must be up there in the context of completely unexpected victories. But that might speak more to... Santolki the fact that this wasn't a stellar year and that's not being critical of CPL as a product I just mean that maybe this was an apt victory for this year's CPL because there was only one stand outside and everybody else was just much of a muchness so maybe it made sense that the team who just came good in the clutch just won the tournament because other than Barbados there really wasn't I don't even think it's harsh and hockey. there really wasn't any other
2: team to talk about yeah 100% Barbados was the one standout team and everyone else traded wins and losses I think the Talawas essentially bookended the tournament they won the first few games and then they won the last few games when it mattered and that essentially got them home um I was thinking about previous CPL winners. Obviously, we've had Chimbago Night Riders dominate. Um, so that that's been a real that's been the narrative for the past few years. Last season was an underdog story with the Patriots prevailing, but even then they did it in front of their home crowd, in front of St. Kitts. For Jamaica to go to Guyana Providence Stadium, eliminate the Zooks and then Guyana in front of that passionate crowd, which for me was a real turning point, and then upset the odds against Barbados. It really was an underdog story. Probably the most unlikely win we've seen in CPL history, I would say, um, in the context of what they've done. Mesh, um, there's there's a lot to talk about. I mean, a lot of narrative arcs. I mean, it's I talked about Brandon King hitting the six, um, but it would be unfair to label him as the only ingredient for success. We've got to talk about one guy who we threw shade on. We dismissed him, Shamar Brooks. Now, Shamar Brooks, if we're talking about underdog stories... I think it's fair to say he played one of the all-time great weeks in T20 history. I mean, the two games, 100 and what is it, 102 or something, or fifty, fifty-two balls, um, and then he top scored again in in another playoff match. What was that transformation match? Do you just think it was a case of his back was against the wall, the pressure was on him, and he just sort of let loose?
1: Do you know what? If I if I focus on the 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 kind of the iconic innings against the Amazon Warriors. What was interesting about that innings by uh, Brooks, it wasn't a slogging innings. And I always say this, if, if anyone's had the chance, if you didn't watch it live and you've had the chance to watch the highlights back, it was just kind of standard cricket shots, if there's any such thing. He, he didn't have to reinvent the wheel to play that innings. He played through the line, played true. And as we already know about Brooks in terms of OGI cricket and, and some aspects of his test cricket, he's a touch player. And the innings against Guyana was very, it's hard to explain it, but it was very much at a strike rate of 200. He was a a touch player at a strike rate of 200. It was an absurd, it was an absolutely absurd innings. And I'm sure Shamar Brooks would say, well, I was just showcasing the talent I've always had uh, in T20 cricket. But uh, no, I wouldn't buy that. Such was the absurd nature of that innings that, one, it elevated himself into the pantheon of all-time great innings in in CPL, but also it it showcased a side to his game that I don't think of the two people people had seen. And I guess the greater question Santelki, is: Is this finals week performance by Shamar Brooks enough for him to get a reserve place going to the World Cup? Because I would say yes.
2: Yeah, I would say he's definitely thrown his name into the mix. I mean, just to correct myself, he scored 109 of 52, which was unbelievable innings. And I think, as we said, the scarcity of talent in West Indian cricket at the moment means if you do hit a century in the CPL, you, your name's got to be in the mix for getting into the international side. I think the timing of it as well means selectors, it will be on the forefront of their minds. He's produced two stellar innings, and more, more importantly, they've been in pressure environments. Um, so I think that will, that will obviously a part and it wouldn't surprise me to see him shoehorn his name into that reserve list but it's also important to remember that also reflects on the bowling of the guy in the Amazon Warriors as well odian Smith if we're talking about all-time iconic innings from Shamar Brooks all-time terrible bowling performance from odian Smith giving away 64 runs for his four overs so he was certainly helped by a bowling attack that we won't see at the World Cup at that that sort of standard um Again, that highlights the point you sort of made at the top of the show. It was it was a mediocre year for most franchises in, in the tournament, and sort of Jamaica just managed to get their head above above the water. Now, Mash, we talked about Shamar Brooks. Um, another player who you've mentioned briefly there about being disrespected, Rothman Powell. Now, Rothman Powell, he's captain the side, he's vice captain of the West Indies side. As a captain, as a leader, sort of what what is your opinion on him in this tournament? How well has he stood up? Yeah, I think um, Rodman spoke
1: about there being a leadership group within the team. So he was very much quick to kind of deflect from this idea that it was him alone in the saddle leading the side. But I think no lesser man as great as um, Ian Bishop spent a lot of the tournament saying, "I'm very impressed with Rodman's leadership," and I was as well. I and I, I forget the the kind of Jamaican sentiment here. I thought Rodman led his team well, and. The best captains get the most out of their side, irrespective of the quality. You and I did an episode, I think it was, it might have even been the last episode, where we looked at the Talawas in, uh, in in detail. And if we're being honest, Santoki, the Talawas had two real strike bowlers, Mohamed Amir, uh, Amir and uh, Imad Wazim. Then if you look at their batting, they had, through the tournament, Two real batters, Rothman Powell and Brandon King. Yes, Brooks came good in the clutch. I guess Raymond Reef would say, put me in that equation as well. But it wasn't like it was a vintage side, Santoki, where talent was just coming from all offices all the way throughout the tournament. And maybe some would, maybe some of the Talawars would say, No, we were we were low-key, relatively consistent. Uh, I'm not sure I buy that. I'm not sure I buy that. I think Rothman managed to get everything he could get out of that side. And in particular, as we said that already at the top in the clutch, when it mattered most, he got even more out of the side. Now, let's not forget Santoki; They didn't even have Mohamed Amir in the final. And I think that puts the final in more, con- uh, that puts the final victory in even better context. They lost the top wicket taker in their side and still managed to what? Restrict Barbados to what was it? One, six, one for seven or or, or something or something to that effect. So, it doesn't all come down to Rodman, but it would be foolish to not to not highlight how good his captaincy was. What I won't do, however, and, and, and what people I want to do in the Caribbean, is have knee jerk reaction. So I can guarantee you now, Santoki, this is what's going to be going on in the Caribbean. Shiv should captain West Indies. Kurt <laughs> Ambrose should be involved in West Indies' uh, backroom staff, and Rodman should probably captain some West Indian team. I guarantee there are people in the Caribbean right now kind of knee-jerk reaction to say, that's how we're going to revitalize West Indian cricket. But I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not here for that. We can, it's possible to praise a performance and we must praise Shiv and we must praise Kirtley and Andre, Andre Cooley and the backroom staff. but that doesn't necessarily mean that we extrapolate that wider at this point in time.
2: Yeah, 100%. And it's also interesting, what do you make of, sort of, the CPL's been keen to emphasise over the years that it's a franchise tournament. Um, it's not a na- it's not a national tournament. But as we've seen with Trinbago, they've recruited a lot of Trinidadians over the years as the core of their side. The Talawas did as such this year. They've got Brandon King, uh, Fabian Allen into the fold. And I think, that culture, that Jamaican culture helped Rothman Powell. If you look at, you've mentioned uh, Mohamed Amir being ruled out of the final. Nicholson Gordon came in and took three wickets, mm-hmm. bowled at the death. If he wasn't Jamaican, based on his record, I'm not sure if he produces that performance. So for you, as, as a Jamaican, do you think that patriotism helped Rothman Powell and helped instill a culture into the side this year? Yeah, well, um, I'm with
1: you 100% on that. And, and I guess the reason why I've, I've alluded to it before, but Rothman had said last year that was the aim to get more jamaicans into the side not because it must be a jamaican only team but given how bad the talawas have been as a franchise three years preceding uh this particular cpl I, I think there was very much an ethos of the only way to revitalize the talawas so to speak is to get at its core a jamaican core and identity that doesn't mean that um Chris Green can't acclimatise or Mohamed Amir can't acclimatise or Imad Wazim. And in per- certainly in the sense of Imad Wazim and Chris Green, they've been around the Talawas for enough time now anyway. But I think if you go through the the heart of the team, what, King at the top with Kana Lewis, Rothman coming in early, Fabian coming in um, at, at, at the back end. As you say, Sandoki, perfect example. There is no way Nicholson Gordon gets picked for any other franchise. I uh, Okay, when well, anyone says there's no way, even with his good first-class form pr- uh, pre-CPL, there's no way Nicholson Gordon gets into any side without being or into another franchise. It's, these, it's the fact he's Jamaican, it's the fact he had good form that gets him into the Taloa side. And to be fair, his performance is stacked up. So, yes, do, do I think that was important? Yeah. Now, some might say, well, if that's the case, why didn't it work for Trinidad? I think with Trinidad, though, they're kind of at the end of a cycle. So to give Trinidad their due, they've done what the Talawas have done with their Trini core as well. The argument is, or potential argument is, have Trinidad come to the end of their cycle with it, whereas the Talawas were trying a new beginning of, um, of, a, of a core with it or a Jamaican core to their side?
2: Yeah, 100 percent. Um And as as you mentioned that, I think we're going to go to a quick break and we'll be back on the other side with looking at some more CPL highlights and lowlights.
0: You're listening to Cricket's Conversation on 99.94. Whatever your team, we have the show for you on podcast, YouTube, or on the 99.94 app. We have India, England, South Africa, West Indies, and now Sri Lanka covered. If you want to find us, the best way is to follow us on social media at nine 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 four DM by downloading the nine 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 four app or Google ninety nine point nine four on podcast. We speak cricket.
2: Okay, now, Mash, we we talked about uh, the Jamaica Talawas, the upsides, the performers. Essentially for that playoff round week and the final, they were playing almost with 10 men. Kenar Lewis got two two ducks in a row. Is that someone is Kenar Lewis, as you said, he's Jamaican, fits the ethos of the side. Would you give him another opportunity in the side next season? Or do you think looking long term, Brandon King needs a replacement opener to partner with him? It's a
1: very good question, Santelki. I don't I think they have to just put Kanar's season down to I think everyone's allowed a duff season and I think they just have to put this one down to you know what can just just work your year this year I fully I think I think I fully expect to see canar back uh next season I think the wider problem Santolki is how many years realistically can you get away with the same strategy? So as much as we've just said oh fantastic Jamaican core and that was probably key to the victory I don't think they can do the same again next year. Yes you retain some players by all means but I think Woe betide the team that stands still. So if the if the if the Talawars like, well, we won with this formula, let's just get the band back together again. Mm, not, not convinced and Tokyo. Don't think you can afford to stand still. So as much as I say, well, you can put Kanal Lewis's season down to a tough one, a proper ruthless side says, You know what, Kanal? Nah. That that's not good enough. We're gonna go, we're gonna go find whether it be an overseas opener, whether it be a Leroy Lug, whoever it might be. But we're coming we're coming with someone else. That's what a ruthless side does. But I don't know if the Talois will do that.
2: Mm, that's that's an interesting. Uh... Analysis of that. Um, one, one other player we've got to mention, Fabian Allen, took three wickets in the final. He's someone He wasn't bold initially at the beginning of the tournament. Rothman had said he didn't suit the match You feel part of it was down to lack of confidence, lack of form. Um, but he sort of gained momentum throughout the tournament. And MASH, that's something you predicted from the get-go before the tournament. Fabian Allen just needs game time and he will show his quality. And he did that in a big pressure final. Let's look at the wider picture now, MASH. Would you have put him in the World Cup squad? not
1: even 100%, 1,000%. I just think that you you have 15 players, right? White ball players, but more specifically T20 players, right? Fabian Allen isn't Sunil Narayan. He's not Andre Russell. And what I mean by that is he's not a player who historically has not shown an uh, an inclination to play for the West Indies whenever required or whenever picked. This particular summer... Family bereavement. He hasn't played since the IPL. Asked for some time out from the game. In Fabian Allen, we probably have the only genuine triple threat player. Some will say Akil Hussain, but I I put Fabian a notch a notch above him. Right? Akil for me, Fabian's the best fielder in the in the in the region. Fabian is underrated with the ball in in the region. Across the three playoff games, he took seven wickets three versus the Kings in the Eliminator, um, e- economical versus Guyana in the, in, in the playoff, uh, in the qualifier, and then three wickets in the final versus Barbados. And so not just three wickets in the final versus Barbados, the top three batters, he took them all out um, in the final versus Barbados. And then we get to the fact of Fabian's ability to finish a game off with the bat. I just find it hard to believe that any West Indies side doesn't take a gamble on Fabian. Now, I'm fully expecting that Fabian will go to the World Cup as a reserve player. I'm fully expecting that. But if I was him, I'd still be gutted because there must, if there's a place for Yannick Karaya, <laughs> <laughs> there must be a place for Fabian Allen as well. That's all I'm going to say.
2: Yeah, no, he's 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 what you'd say is a is a truly world-class player. It's unfortunate that, obviously, he's had personal circumstances this year, which has hindered his game, no doubt. But as you said, the quality's been there the the, the catalogue of quality over the years is there. So for me, it's a big gamble for West Indies not to take him. As you said, he'll probably he'll get in as a reserve, but even then it's unlikely he'll get game time as a reserve. It's unfortunate as well because he missed last year's World Cup uh, through injury. So for someone of his quality not to play a World Cup at the peak of his powers, especially when West Indies need it, is a massive, massive disappointment. But MASH, someone who is on that plane to Australia or in Australia at the moment, Brandon King, top scorer for the CPL Um this season, how, did you, how have you reviewed him at the top of the order? Has he solidified his place in that starting eleven for the West Indies come the World Cup?
1: The best way I can summarise uh, Brandon King's CPL is as follows. If I was Evan Lewis, I'd be sweating. He, I mean, Evan Lewis is Evan Lewis at the end of the day, so that it sounds a bit ridiculous to say that. But you can't be top scorer in the CPL and then get to the World Cup and you're holding a drop. So I, I don't know what more I can say on it, Santoki. I mean, it, it kind of is what it is. I mean, I, will, I am just intrigued what West Indies now do. If Brandon, get, Based on Brandon's performance, we all, you and I both already said that Carmeez isn't holding a drop. So we always said if someone's going to hold a drop, it's Brandon King. Well, he can't hold a drop now. So somehow they're going to have to find a way to shoehorn Lewis into the side. And um, everyone will say, oh, well, you just move one of King or you move one of Mayers. But again, there's a synergy between those two. So I don't know Santoki. I mean, let's give Brandon King his flowers. What a tournament. Um, left Guyana, found his form again, going back, <laughs> <laughs> found his form again, going back to his home franchise. But I, I think I've asked you this before, Santoki, and I've got to go back to you again. What do we do? How do we get Lewis in the side then? Or does he just have to ride the
2: bench? He might have to ride the bench. I think, comprehensively, if you've got Mayers and Brandon King as top scorers in the CPL, they've essentially met the criteria which the selectors are looking for, which is using the um, CPL as an indicator as to who's in form and who should make it. So for me, I don't see what basis, other than looking at his past um, experience and past achievements, why you put Evan Lewis ahead of a mayors or a King. And if they do do that, that opens up a can of worms. For instance, Fabian Allen, why wasn't Fabian Allen picked based on past experiences? So for me, they've got a, that first game um, in the qualifiers at the World Cup. It has to be King and Mayor's opening, um, just based on what they've done in the CPL. Lewis could still come in at number three. They could try that option. Although I'm not, I'm, I'm unsure how that will work. I guess we'll find out more in the warm-up games, kind of what they're looking in terms of a lineup. And also, Johnson Charles was the third-highest run scorer, so the selectors have sort of been vindicated there. Obviously, um, it was a toss-up between Fletcher and Charles, but Charles has really put his head above the water for the, for the last few games, and he's ended up being the um, top-run scorer as well. So, all in all, the CPR, I guess, as much as we talk about the quality being mediocre, at the end of the day, the three players who you'd expect to be top-of-the-run charts, which are three openers picked for the World Cup, they've essentially been top one scorers. So, the pressure is definitely on uh, Evan Lewis most definitely and then
1: i think so Doug, if we take one final break and then let's return let's return from that break and just look at
0: the team of the tournament if you love the language of cricket and want more then head over to the 99.94 app and you can hear all of our podcasts and cricket commentary we're adding new shows all the time and covering cricket series from all over the world be the first to hear all of our announcements by following us on social media at 99.94 DM. Welcome to Cricket's Conversation. So, Santoki, if we just look at the named team
1: of the tournament, so we don't mean the Talawas who obviously won it, uh, the CPL commentators, so Badri, Ganga, um, Bishop and Cole, selected their side. I'm just going to read it to you, Santoki, and I guess... I want to see if you feel they could have added some names here or did anyone deserve to be in that wasn't. I mean, there's one notable name missing. But here we go Johnson Charles, Carl Mayers, Faf Duplessis, Rothman Powell, Raymond Reefer, Imad Wazim, Jason Holder, David Vies, Vies, sorry, um, Alzari Joseph, Mohamed Amir, Sinil Narain, and 12th man, Ramon Simmons. I mean, I think that's pretty spot on. There's probably a few names we could have included.
2: Yeah, I think generally they've got the sort of crux of the core, core performers. I mean, there's an argument you could have um, included Obed McCoy. Although he was, he, t- towards the end of the tournament, he was pretty inconsistent. But I think a lot of those names are hard to argue with. For me as well, it sort of speaks to the quality of Sunil Narayan that despite Chimbego having an all time poor season, Narayan has managed to make that top 11 side. Um, I think his economy rate was something ridiculous 4.6 average. Um, for runs conceded throughout the tournament. And that sort of, for me, that sort of is a name that stands out because he's the only name from Trimbego, but it also highlights what a big blow he is for West Indies. But looking at the rest of that side, I think it's pretty, there's no major, major disagreements on my part. I think, as you said, Mash, the quality of the tournament, because it slightly lacked this season, it was easier to pick sort of the standouts. You know, Fafdu Plessy, Johnson Charles, Carl Mayers, Brandon King, all in with the runs. Joseph had the wickets, Holder as well. Um, Imad Wasim done so well for Jamaica, Talawas, Mohamed Amir. So for me, little arguments, really. I think that the, there was a core of about 15, 16 players who really stood out. So from that, to pick the 11, there's no massive disputes on my part.
1: Yeah, the, I mean, the only surprising thing for me, I think I'm going to make two points. Um, they did actually leave King out. Now, someone messaged me and said, where's Brandon King's name? And they're right, by the way, where is Brandon King's name? But this is how I think they must have left King's at name out. That team, I assume, was selected before the... It has to have been selected just before the final, um, because as much as King gets got um top-run scorer he did play three more games or two more games, sorry, than Johnson Charles and also Johnson Charles missed what, two or three games because of injury. So I just wonder if Charles got the pick in light of the fact that he actually played less significantly less games than, than Brandon King. I could be wrong, but that's what I reckon the justification would have been. Mayers obviously gets a pick because he also contribute with the ball as well. So I think Mayers gets him for uh, the double threat that he poses, but King was surprisingly left out of that squad. I'd left another reason in why. But also, whilst I fully understand why none of them were in the squad, Santoki, I note that there was uh, no players from the guy on the Amazon. <laughs>
2: <Morgan>. <laughs> Listen, I've gotten, we've gone 23 minutes without mentioning Amazon. <laughs> um, but no, just to clarify, I was looking at the ESPN um, CPO 11. Oh, sorry, so sorry. Was, so that was why I thought King had been included. So I'm, I'm, I've been looking at a different eleven. The ESPN one is King, Mayers, Johnson, Charles, Fasti Plessy, Rovman Powell as captain, Jason Holder, David Risa, Imad Wasim, Sunil Narine, Azari Joseph, and Mohamed Amir. So other than King, not much uh, disparity between yeah, the two. So 11s. they they
1: have King in instead of Raymond Reefer, which probably makes sense actually. Yeah, they've just moved the the three openers down one. That makes more sense to me. Um, obviously CPL commentators probably were. Not wanting to put an opener somewhere at number three or, or whatever it might be. But uh, no, let's just quickly talk on that, Santolki, though, because you said that this year was going to be. <laughs> you, you said that this year was going to be Guyana's year. And for a brief moment, Santolki, even I nearly fell into the trap because when Guyana put that run together in home conditions, I genuinely thought, okay. They're going into the finals week now or the final stretch with the most momentum out of any side in Santoki Fell apart spectacularly, you know. But I guess as an Amazon Warriors fan, what do you put that down to? Do you just put that down to, you know what, they, just, they weren't that good to begin with and they just got found out in the clutch? I don't think this one's as straightforward as a choke as traditional years because they weren't that good to begin with.
2: Yeah, this is the, it's, it's a tough one with Guyana-Amazon Warriors. They had an abysmal, for me, I still say it's probably the worst Guyana-Amazon Warriors side I've seen in CPL. Um, if you think up until that last week where they had the home leg in Guyana, they were abysmal. They only won one game. What did they lose, four or five on the bounce? Arm? So they were pretty abysmal. And then that week in Guyana, unbelievable scenes, wiped out four teams in front of a passionate home crowd, which many had, had said was looked like one of the most intimidating places to play in, in world cricket based on that week. So they had all the momentum. For me, it fell apart against Barbados Was for two reasons. One, the game was played in the morning, so they lost that home crowd momentum. Two, they put Barbados into bat, which a lot of pundits were confused about because it looked like a pitch where you'd bat first. And I think the manner of defeat, they lost by such a comprehensive run. It was what 87 runs they lost by to Barbados meant bearing in mind the turnover time for the next um, match against Jamaica Talawas, only 24 hours, they'd had a comprehensive defeat, had to pick themselves up 24 hours later. If you contrast that to the Talawas, who'd got a win over the Zooks, were riding high in that momentum. I just think Guyana got found out by the playoff system. At the end of the day, it's all about picking up wins in the playoff and that mentality. And we know Guyana Amazon Warriors in the past, it's proven to be psychological issues rather than performance-wise. So for me, having a crushing defeat against Barbados Royals, and then having to try and turn it around within 24 hours was just too much for them. Um, what was essentially a really inexperienced side, if you think Heckmeyer is a captain, very inexperienced still, I don't think he was able to galvanise the players. So once again, I think it was psychological issues that hampered the side. But as you rightly said, Mash, I don't think... If Guyana Amazon Warriors had won it, they wouldn't have been fully deserving to win it anyway. They hadn't really shown much quality. At least Jamaica, we can say, had won um, the first three games of the tournament, had some momentum at some points. Guyana Amazon Warriors were dreadful until they got to Guyana. So massive, massive rebuilding task ahead for the, for next season. Obviously, the finals will be in Guyana next season. I'd imagine most Guyanese would not accept the Warriors not being in the final. It'd be interesting to see if uh, Omar Khan uh, the director of the franchise gets the checkbook out and says yo Shiv Chandapur, name your prize what what would it take for you to come back home and bring the title home
1: yeah and I think that's possibly a good way to, to kind of bring this one to a close Santoki. because let let's state again this wasn't a vintage year on the field. So as much of as much as the Talois have won, I still maintain Santelki only the Barbados Royals can look at this season and say we have Enough of a hallmark of a good side to retain the large majority of of who we already had and go again. Arguably, Santoki St. Kitts and Nevis might need to rip it up. Trimbago definitely need to rip it up. Kings? Mm. I mean, they don't tend to get stellar names and tend to overperform. So they might be all right. Amazon Warriors? I mean, Santoki, it might be the end of the line for some of them. Do we really see an Imran Tahir come back again? I don't know, Santoki. That might be the time now to to kind of look at their... Do we see them retain a hemorrhage just because this guy needs... So for me, a lot of teams might need to rip up the script for next season, Santoki.
2: Yeah, and I I don't even think Hetmyer would be at guy in Amazon Warriors next season. I can see him getting lured to the Barbados Royals just because he's part of the Rajasthan Royals, just to have that consistency with franchises. So I think there'll be massive overhauls in particular for the Amazon Warriors and Chimbego Nutriders. Riders. So it'd be interesting to see kind of who they recruit, what players, what staff, um, what coaching ahead of CPL uh, 2023. But Mash, we've got we've got a World Cup coming up now. International international cricket, West Indies will be playing in about. Two weeks' time, I think, is their first game. So future episodes are going to be looking and analysing at that. And we'll be bringing you coverage on 99.94 of the warm-up games, the series against Australia, any squad news, all that build-up before the big tournament.
1: Most definitely. So, people, always remember, rate, review, like, subscribe, share, and hit us up at Cricket. We're out of Twitter jail now, people. So go and send us some messages there, and we'll see you on the other side. Stay locked in.